Over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the house. Well, come on, let's get her done. Right here at Rosie on the House. Every Saturday morning, we're every Arizona homeowner's happy place here to inform, protect, and entertain and educate you about your house, home, castle, or cabin. Whether you've been here your whole life or are a newcomer to Arizona, welcome, by the way. We just happen to be, according to U-Haul Corporation, one of the fastest-growing states based on in-migration of U-Haul trailers. Welcome. Glad you're here. Uh, But there are things different about homeownership in Arizona than probably wherever you came from. So we show up every Saturday morning for you to give us a call, 1-888-767-4348. I got to Phoenix, Arizona in the middle of July in 1966. Man, it was hot. Whoa! And I've been here building and remodeling Arizona homes for the last 48 years. Okay? Uh, I had to wait till I got a driver's license about 1972. And, I mean, the minute I got my driver's license, I had a tool belt. I was driving around in my little CJ5 Jeep and my tool bag in the back and started working home remodeling. I'll be more than happy to share with you my Arizona homeownership experience, repair experience, maintenance experience, or remodeling experience. If you'll just give us a ring, I'd be happy to answer your question. Me and my team here, my son, Romy Romero, right here beside me in studio. My wife, sweet Jennifer, We'll answer the call, get your name, what the question is, and our broadcast engineer, Mr. Gary D. We're all here for you, the Arizona homeowner. Call us with your question, one 767 Wherever you are in the state of Arizona, give us a ring. Chances are I've been there already. Calls are coming in. It looks like we're going to start with some plumbing questions Let's get Michael, uh, I'm sorry, let's get Russ uh, from Phoenix on air yeah. to join us. Hi, Rosie. Hi. Hey, man, what, what what you working on this morning? Uh, well, my house is 60 years old, probably a common problem in Phoenix where you have your cast iron pipes and there's all sorts of problems, you know, with them at this age. And uh, I'm also wanting to put in a third bathroom, remodel another bathroom. I figure I'll do it all at once, a big plumbing problem. So okay. I just wanted to find out from your experience I listen to your show all the time. What are some do's and don'ts for a project like this? Should I get several estimates? Do some companies guarantee their work? Some don't because you don't want problems in a couple of years. And then, I, and this is a foundation. I have other remodeling to do, but I want to tackle this first because you can't put in flooring and so forth and then find out you need uh, to dig up that part of the floor for this job. So how would you tackle a project of this size? Uh, what would, like I said, do's and don'ts? several estimates what, okay. you know, how, how would you go about it in that in that age home you are focused and concerned about a lot of the right things the plumbing system is approaching the end of its economic life i would scope it with a camera and uh, the services that do that actually record the footage and will give you the thumb drive of what your pipe looks like 
because your cast iron pipe is 60 years old doesn't mean it needs to be replaced. We just need to verify it's in good enough shape to apply epoxy inner liner to it and give you another 60 to 100 years effective use of it. There are several companies that specialize just in that service. And I have to tell you, Russ, be careful. The people that advertise for that service the loudest, I have not been impressed with their results. Um, so proceed with caution. They, they, they line the waistline. Um, and generally speaking, the end product is fine. But the customer service they put people through is atrocious. So start with a camera. Determine if the pipe is worth saving and can be lined. If it can, you're safe proceeding with your remodeling plans. Uh, take a look at any of the Rosie certified plumbers in the Phoenix network. Give them a ring. Talk to them. Let them know what you want to see, what you want their professional opinion on, and go from there. And if at the time you get that video coverage done, uh, I'd be happy to take a look at it with you. And, and give you my own opinion about whether you th it's worth trying to save what you've got or bite the bullet and replace it with brand new. Either way, I just want to prepare you, is expensive. Either way. You would hope, because they aren't saw-cutting concrete, digging up underneath your house, and actually digging out the old pipe and replacing it, that a lining project would be a lot less expensive but it's not a lot less expensive. Either are expensive, generally speaking, but the liner eliminates all that mess of digging up, sacrificing the floor covering you've got right now and everything else. Get a couple opinions. And here's what I, people always ask me, should I get a couple bids? Uh, I'm not a fan of getting a couple bids, but I am a fan of interviewing a couple people. And get them out to the job and talk to them about your concerns. Verify they show up on time. Verify they're really listening to you. Make sure you ask them, hey, buddy, what, what questions aren't I asking? What do I need to know about before proceeding uh, in your experience? What are some of the questions I should be asking? What should I be expecting? And I, t I feel much better getting into a trustworthy relationship with a person before I ask for a quote. So don't hesitate to interview several, but decide after the interview who you want to actually solicit a quote from. Estimating isn't easy, and depending on the complication of the job, it's far from free. Uh, even, even at our little remodeling company, we won't give you a detailed bid uh, broken down by trade, by room, with all the specifications and the dimensions for free. We charge for that. We'll come meet you the first time. We'll hear you out as to what you'd like done. And then we'll tell you, okay, now based on what we're hearing, with other projects we've done in this neighborhood for your neighbors, we think your investment level should be between X and Y. 
Then we call the ambulance, and they come and resuscitate the homeowner. <laughs> uh, we're, I have to tell you, we're, we're not winning very many friends uh, or, or popularity contests. But I think we're as competitive as they come. Uh, it Things are just expensive. So, Russ, I hope that gives you a kind of a game plan on how to attack the problem. You've got 60-year-old home, perfect candidate for a remodeling project. Start with the Rosie Certified Plumbers. Let's get that video camera and see and, and go from there. Whew. I wanna, I wanna just mention, I, I was gonna mention before I took the first call about David Burns who was here last hour because I want Arizona homeowners to take advantage of this. David Burns from Green ID, Rosie Certified Whole House Energy Audit Company was here all last hour talking about energy efficiency for your home. Uh, and he's offering this weekend, if you call and set an appointment this weekend, he's offering a Whole House Energy Audit for $49. You got to call 602-926-1650. You want to know one reason why you might want to get that done? Biggest utility company in Arizona is going before the Corporation Commission just right now asking for a rate increase. Wouldn't now be a good time to find out how efficient you are in using your electricity before the rate increase is implemented? Let's see if we can go to Robert, also on call here at Rosie on the House. He dialed in one 767 4348 Let's see how we can help Robert. Good morning, Robert. Yeah, I have a, a home in Alabama. It's like 90 years old, and it got hit by the Selma tornado, but it doesn't look that bad by the pictures. Just uh, some shingles and a little hole in the wall. But they, they mentioned, uh, oh, there's asbestos, and that's going to cost a fortune. Well, I've, they've been getting rid of asbestos for a long time. Don't they just wear a mask, and they know how to dis- dispose of the the asbestos that they pull down that they need to get out of the way? Robert, it's, Robert, I will tell you that in my experience, the different states have different regulations. There is a blanket federal legislation having to do with asbestos. Different states address it differently. If someone, here's my gut feeling, okay? If someone's telling me my asbestos roof is going to cost significantly more to demolish, contain, haul off, and dispose of, I'd make sure I got a second quote and a third opinion. Um, without a shadow of a doubt, I would talk to a couple other local area roofers or local area EPA officials and see what their position is. I can tell you, I'm, I'm going to tell you a little story here. Do I have time, Gary? That'd be a short story, huh? Uh, well, you got a minute. Okay. When we were installing asbestos back in the 60s, 50s, uh, we installed it in a lot of homes. And it became very litigious in the 80s and the 90s. Consequently, we as a remodeling company were paid a lot of money Um to remove asbestos from homes and, and buildings in a big church on Camelback Road. Uh, and the man that was inspecting the work 
asked me if I could go for a little drive one day. And I said, sure, let's go for a drive. And he was taking me to where they were hauling all of this asbestos debris that was contained in special bags. I won't disclose the location, but I can tell you when we got there, the bags were thrown out of the truck onto the ground. And there was a cat D9 bulldozer with a guy in shorts, a muscle shirt, and a baseball cap running over all of the asbestos. <laughs> I rest my case. <laughs> And welcome back to Rosie on the House. Gary, what's the name of that gopher that tells you if it's going to be a harder, harsh spring? Oh, Puxatawney Phil. That's He's coming up for another prediction here in another week. Now, have you heard of T-Boy the Nutra? Mais no. Yeah, you want to tell me about him? Yeah, from Brobridge, Louisiana. Oh, that's close to Mount yeah. me. And that, that Nutra rat, he come peek out his burrow. To, and he saw his shadow. Now, down there in that Cajun country, you know what that mean? What that mean? No telling. That's another six week, a small and overpriced crawfish. <laughs> <laughs> that's a rough six weeks. Man, that's a rough. Thank you, Butch Lafargue from my hometown of Welch, Louisiana, for sending that late breaking news. <laughs> oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. We're here at Rosie on the House in Arizona. It, we just bring a couple Louisiana Cajun jokes in for favor and fun and flavor every once in a while because that's where we, the Romeros, are from, and that's where Gary D is from. So we share that in common. We're here talking about Arizona home ownership, home maintenance, home repair, home remodeling. We answer your calls like we've been doing all morning when you dial one 767 or as you reach out to us in email during the week. And we've got a couple that I want to address right now. Here's someone that has moved here from Chicago, and they've moved into a new home, and it's out in the Eloy Coolidge area. And they say, Rosie, we were developing hairline cracks on the sheetrock, and this, this house snap, crackles, and pops like a bowl of Rice Krispies. And I've never had a home that did that before. There's a lot of questions. I would still have to ask this particular individual. Matter of fact, his name is Greg, Greg from Eloy. When we hear that cracking up in the roof, the popping, the snapping, what we have found is when we converted from plywood roof sheathing to chipboard roof sheathing, we had to separate the sheets by the width of a 16-penny nail. So as we're roofing the house, we would drop nails in between sheets and give us just that little bit of gap and let that piece of roof sheathing expand and contract just a bit. If in the framing of the house that was pushed up tight and snug, like intuitively you would think if you're up there, well, let's get this as tight as we can, that snapping and popping generally is the roof sheathing trying to move but has no place to go. 
It's very rare that it ever causes any problems other than the disturbing cracking and popping noise that you're hearing. Then I've got James from Tucson. He wants to know, are natural gas demand tankless water heaters a good investment? Well, you know what? When I was learning remodeling here in Phoenix, Arizona, I went to work for a man by the name of George Kirk. His company's still in business in North Central Phoenix, Kirk Development. And when people would ask him, I've never forgotten this, people would ask him, how much is the bathroom remodel going to cost? He would ask them another question. How big is a dog? Good question. I always thought that was a great question. What kind of bathroom remodel are you talking about? Are we talking about a master suite bathroom remodel at a luxury standard, or are we talking about a hall bathroom that we just want to convert from a shower to a from a tub to a shower? So this is my question to James in Tucson. Is a gas tankless water heater a good investment? I'm guessing it's going to be more expensive than you think. Uh, most of those tankless water heaters are great but they also require water softening equipment installed ahead of it. I would not tell you to depend or rely on some of these other bogus water treatment equipments that aren't delivering the results that a water softener does. So you're gonna have to get a water softener ahead of the tankless water heater. The fact that it's gas, I love it. And is it worth the investment? I think it's a great investment in the quality of your life and in energy efficiency. And just know, you. in addition to the water softener, you may have to get a descaler. Now, a descaler is not a softener, but depending on the manufacturer of the tankless water heater you're buying, you can't get a warranty without a descaler. So that's like, basically, you're buying your warranty when you're buying your descaler. So there's a number of equipment that could be required ahead of that unit. And sometimes when they get there, the price tags, like, ah, well, I'll just go with a standard one. But people think it's a three or $4,000 decision, and they find out, oh, oh, well, oh it's a $7,500 decision. It, it'll, <laughs> yeah, it'll be a uh, $3,000 at the time you're going to replace it because right. you've already got the, right. all this right. infrastructure in front of it. But up front, now, that to say, if that's something you're really set on, and a tankless water heater is wonderful. You'll and love it. You'll love it. Most of our plumbing partners on this particular project uh, do have third-party financing that can help you get that uh, installed if that's the route you choose to take. Sounds great. One triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. That's one triple eight. Rosie for you. Art. Good morning. Welcome to the program. How may we help you? Hello. Yes, sir. Oh, hi. Thank you for taking my call. You bet. It's what, uh, it's we're, what we're here for. Our, we're doing our uh, roof. Uh, uh, this company wants to, uh, you know, leave the black felt paper and put a uh, new uh, paper on top of that. Do you think that's wise? How old is the existing roof? 
Well, the house is uh, 32 years old. And it's never and, been re-roofed? Uh, I noticed it's kind of brittle. Have Did y'all have any leaking, Art? No, there's no leaks. Okay. Well, here's here's my question. I don't know why he would want to leave it. And I just would want to make sure if it's an asphalt shingle roof, you can put a new layer of asphalt shingles on top of the old one. And that'll get you a few more, you know, another decade and a half or maybe even two before you would have to scrape it all the way back down to the roof deck. Now, a third layer of shingles, we've seen it. Uh, but by weight load, that's over code. You can only do a second layer. So, But if he's taking the shingles off or the tile off. How are you going to take the shingles off and save the felt? Well, and or even if it's a tile roof, how are you going to take the tile off and save the felt? Yeah. And then he's going to lay another layer of felt over the top of that. I, do, I don't know if there's anything wrong leaving that layer. But, boy, I would sure want to visually check to make sure none of the staples are penetrating out that's going to tear the next layer. Or that it's not going to leave any wrinkles. Or any wrinkles. I'd want to check to make sure. Is the roof deck still in good condition? Was there ever any leak where we would have to remove the felt and do a visual check as to whether that roof decking may or may not be need to be replaced? That isn't a practice I'm familiar with, Art. Generally speaking, if we're going to take the shingles off, we're going to take the felt off. Um, it, it's too easy not to. <laughs> it, it's kinda, I think it'd be harder to keep the felt on than kind of all comes together. But your point is, is it a tile roof? And we're going to lift the tile and the sleeper cleats and lay over the top of that. That's a whole nother question. Uh, because I, I, what is the perfect underlayment for a tile roof? You ask 10 roofers that question, you're going to get seven different answers. Um, it's kind of like the size of a dog. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. How big is a is dog? dog? How big is a dog? So, Art, I don't know that I'd, uh, I – I don't know if he's already got the roof taken apart and he's decided to leave it. Now, now you're in that scenario or you're ahead of that curve and he hasn't started anything. I'd, I would certainly get a second opinion before I proceeded. I don't know the reason we would want to leave that and not just go with all new. New felt won't cost like an arm and a leg. To well, and he's out. saying the new felt's going to roll over the top of the old. I, I would want to know. Oh, okay. I, I would want to know that it was all cleared off. There were no staples protruding. Everything was smooth and clean. Get the new felt down on a clean surface and go from there. Art, appreciate the call. That's what we're here for at Rosie on the House to answer Arizona homeowner questions just like that at one 767 4348 Now, okay, so we've taken care of a rooftop in Arizona, a rooftop in Alabama, a sewer pipe in Ahwatukee, <laughs> and now I've got that... a, now I've got a patio in Tucson that Michelle sent me pictures of. And it's an Arizona room on a back patio that the flooring is red brick. And it's showing huge signs of effervescence. And she's wanting to know what can she do about it. Well, with efflorescence, that's the salt coming out of the Arizona 
masonry products. There's a reason we call the Valley of the Sun the Salt River Valley. That river actually has a high concentration of salt in it. And all those sediments along the river bottom that we make our masonry products from, our Portland cement, our sand, our concrete block, our bricks, are also richly laden with salt deposits. So once a masonry structure is constructed and it's exposed to excessive moisture, it actually leaches that salt out onto the surface of the masonry product. It's easy to get rid of. You can just take a little vinegar water solution, spray it, and it'll dissolve it, and you can scrub it off, and you're done. But as long as you're exposed to moisture, it's going to be a reoccurring event. And this sunroom, from the pictures I can see, look to be red brick pavers that are set directly on dirt. They are not on a concrete slab. They are exactly at finish elevation of the surrounding landscape. And they're, unless you stop them from getting wet, Michelle, you'll never be able to stop them from showing this efflorescence. I don't know a single product that you can put on this brick on the top of it that would stop the efflorescence from coming through. No sealer. It would slow it down. It may not make it as bad as what you're, the pictures I'm looking at right now. And we're going to post these pictures on Facebook. It's going to be another dimension to Rosie on the House. As y'all send us questions, we have historically posted all the answers on our website. Our website, rosieonthehouse.com, really is like an owner's manual for Arizona home ownership, loaded with thousands of questions and answers. You can't go to Rosie on the House search engine and type something in and not get an answer. Well, now we're going to start expanding that to as much visual as we can. We're going to do that on YouTube. You can go to the Rosie on the House YouTube channel and, and subscribe to it. And every time we cut a new YouTube demonstrating something about fixing, repairing, remodeling, or owning an Arizona home, you'll be given the video. We're also going to be pushing this one in particular out on Facebook. So as you're sitting there listening to the show, you actually bring up your laptop. Go to Rosie on the House Facebook. You'll be able to see the situation I'm talking about here live on air, hearing how I would fix it if it was at my own house. And you can add that to your repertoire of expert, growing expertise of Arizona home ownership for you your family, and your own home. In our newsletter this week, we're talking about architectural styles, popular and common in the great state of Arizona. And I, I love this topic. What, what are the styles that we have in Arizona? People always want to ask, what's a ranch house? And then I ask them, how big is a dog? <laughs> How big's your ranch? <laughs> How big is your ranch? That's right. How big is your ranch? But the ranch style typically is low slung. As a matter of fact, we had a call earlier from the show. It's a low pitch roof that very often does not have much attic, if any attic at all. There was a ranch style home that actually sold in our neighborhood 
Romy, that was built in the 50s. You know what the roof deck was? Two-by-fours set on edge, butt up against each other. So when you walked in the house and looked up, all you saw were the edges of the two-by-fours. Hmm. Can you imagine? That's a lot of that's a lot of lumber. Can you imagine what that roof deck would cost today? Oh man, mercy! But there was no attic. The two by fours were the rafters and the joists and everything all at one time. But ranch style, uh, if you're lucky, it's a it's a it's a home with masonry bones, uh, low pitched roof, and tends to be kind of linear in fashion. as the lots became smaller and merchant builders needed to increase the density, uh, we lost a lot of the flair of the ranch. And we started going into a lot of the, a little bit of the mid-century moderns, uh, some of the uh, classical track home stucco look, the Mediterranean. Uh, uh, I love the historical Projects that you can see in Tucson and Prescott in downtown Phoenix, the bungalows. I love the bungalows. Those are just so neat and just so much character in them. Uh, The Santa Fe and Territorial, and people ask me about Territorial all the time. We're currently dealing with a couple Territorial remodels. That's the kind of homes you'll see that originated in the Taos area of New Mexico, where there are adobe walls. The the roof beams are big, huge, round, real wood vegas. And then we lay the roof joists on top of that. Then we lay the roof deck on top of that. And a lot of people that move to the Southwest love the feel of the territorial home. I will tell you, I hope you love it a lot. Because the most expensive home you can buy to maintain is the territorial home home and the more authentic it is the higher maintenance it will be i promise you that so that's just a few sampling of some of the architectural styles we do have people calling in let's see if we can go ahead and just keep taking the calls as they're coming in i think we've got uh, max calling from scottsdale max what you trying to get done around the house today hey how you doing sir uh well quite a few uh Quite a few things on a list, but uh, the priority <laughs> okay. I'm having is, uh, yeah, uh, the well, first thing, maybe, uh, you know, there's uh, some gaps on the, uh, where the garage and the driveway connect, and then on the uh, corners of the garage, okay. there's like gaps, yeah. so what I did was I sprayed, uh, I sprayed some foam uh, over there to cover the holes, because I didn't want the pest to come in the garage, because okay. I'm a new homeowner here in the area, and I didn't. I just didn't want any pests to come in. Okay. Although I do have pest management. Um, should I actually hire a, a, a garage door specialist or a handyman slash carpenter for that well, type of job to fill in those gaps? When you say gaps, On I the mean, floor? when the where the garage is closed, there shouldn't be any gaps between the edge, the concrete, is he or talking the ceiling. About the it expan- should all be the expansion cut. joint of the concrete slab. We're yeah, not... well, no, I'm talking about the uh, um, the wood part where the uh, on the um, the far left and the far right when you're looking at it, there's like holes over there. There's like maybe like two inch by three inch squares, or you know where the wood doesn't come all the way down. 
I'm okay. not a, like a constructive mechanically terminology well, dude, okay. but uh. Well, just just call the Rosie Certified, your new homeowner. You need to get to familiar with the website Rosie on the House. Go on there, look up garage doors, and you'll find a authentic garage doors. Have them come out and take a look and see how they can't seal that up a little bit. There's various applications of getting that garage door sealed up tight. And I'll tell you what, Max, we're becoming better and better at it because we are air conditioning and heating many, many garages now. So they're getting a lot better at closing up those garage doors and sealing them up really tight. So you might be surprised how tight you can get it. We're talking about architectural styles. How, Romy, I know you uh, You love the high-rise, high-density influx. Well, I like that they're not building out by me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. and that's my, I, that's, I don't know that I could ever live in no, something like that. But that's my but point. That's for we're, you. <laughs> we're running out of options. We can't just keep spreading out like spilled butter on a flat pancake. I mean, Paulo Soleri had it right. Sooner or later, we got to go up, whether you like it or not. Um, well, and living in it, it, it's a reality. And I think it's, you know, ultimately, we keep plowing over all these farm fields. What are we going to do when we don't have any farms left and we've got a more population? You know, then it's our food's got to come from even further away. So repurposing and going more vertical, uh, there's a couple. There's, uh, in Tempe, they've basically run out of. Space. Yeah, they're completely landlocked. So they've got this new concept, and it's called Dwell. Arizona Big Media did a, a nice article on it, and it's a concept they're hoping to du- duplicate across the valley. But So it's, a, it's an infill project where you have a walkable community. And I think COVID had a lot to do with this because it's really designed for people who work at home. And, you know, working at home can be really lonesome, especially if you're all spread out. So this is kind of a cool concept. You have the apartments or little single-unit homes. I think these are pretty small. and um, But you can walk to the grocery store. You can walk to the post office. There's a little park area. So you, you get a sense of community. And also some of these are being used where you would have um, – you would try to put them where transit is so they could ride the light rail if they were working in town or had to go into town. Which Metro is doing, the, you know, where Metro, Metro Center used to be, they're doing Metro that same Center. thing. Think Paradise Valley Mall. But they don't have a light rail. No, no, they don't. They don't. But they're they're converting to that mixed-use high density. I mean, it's one of the choices that uh, so we're does that mean deal with. We're going to be less relevant in the future or more relevant because when somebody moves out of those and into a real home, and they're clueless about what to do. Oh, us as in Rosie on the house. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll follow them wherever they go. Wow. That was three hours? Blew by. Man, it seems like it went by in a, in a, in a flash. I had lots of good calls today. You were busy all day. Yeah. And what made me happy about the calls today? was it was people asking questions before there was a problem. So lots of response to Green ID and wanting to get the energy audits done. And then a couple of people having big projects wanting to know beforehand. You know, because sometimes we get people who are sad because they waited till afterwards. Oh, those but, always break my heart. I know. I had all good ones. How can you help me dig out of this problem? Well, I could have helped you a lot more if you never dug yourself into that problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mercy, mercy. But we don't ever say, I told you so. 
Uh, no, we don't. We, we try and help every, every way possible, for sure. If you get our newsletter, you can subs- subscribe at rosieonthehouse.com. It goes out Thursday uh, via email, obviously. And there is a listener promotion. We have two tickets to the ASU uh, basketball game as they host Oregon. This will be for Thursday, February 2nd. Tip-off is at 6 p.m., and there's a trivia question. If you know the answer, you text it to 411-923. How many ASU basketball players have become first-round draft picks to the NBA? You had a little time to research that if you got it on Thursday. So uh, the first right correct answer, texter, that hasn't won from Rosie on the House within the last 12 months will be selected. We'll email you uh, to transfer the tickets because they're all digital and you'll have to take your phone and it's, you know, it scans the barcode right on your phone. Now, virtually all sporting arenas uh, are all digital uh, tickets now. So no more, no more souvenir tickets anymore. You can, you can pin on your cork board at right. home. <laughs> you have to print it out. How many ASU basketball players have become first round draft picks to the NBA. Text your answer to 411-923 before top of the hour, and we'll pick a random right winner. And I have to tell you, I was surprised at the number. Did you think it'd be more or less? I was just surprised. Okay. I was surprised. Just Good a answer. skinny hint. So, <laughs> so, so there's uh, one more benefit. You get to listen to Rosie on the House. Is we very often have great seats to great sporting events that we make available to you, our listeners. Some other great takeaways Today, Jennifer, I love the fact that the callers were calling in ahead of the problems and asking us how to prevent problems. Another great takeaway for me was the home energy audit in the 9 o'clock hour with David Burns offering all the Rosie on the House listeners in the Phoenix metro area an appointment to get a whole house energy audit for $49. You've got to do this, folks. 602-926-1650. And we talked about the term pressure mapping. You know, that's like April Madison down at K-Gun in Tucson or Royal Norman up in Phoenix, the weather, the meteorologists, and they show you this map of high-pressure systems, low-pressure systems. Your house has those situations inside the four walls, under your roof. If those pressure situations aren't balanced, you're never going to be an efficient consumer of the utilities And the best way to find that out is a whole house energy audit. And if you're in the Phoenix metro area listening to the Rosie on the House show, you can get one done for $49 at Green ID. All right, one last time. How many first-round draft picks has ASU sent to U of A? Getting a lot of answers. Haven't seen a right art to to the NBA. Let me give you a hint. It is divisible by 27 the number of first-round draft picks out of U of A. Math, folks. You're doing math on the weekend.